PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Thank you for joining us and supporting the PDPW Weekly Podcast. Today we talk about reverence, the awe-inspiring respect for another that connects us together in meaningful ways. But as we hear from leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau, this is a virtue that is sorely lacking in today's world. Here's Tom with more on the virtue, reverence. Virtue was used regularly in our language up until a little bit after uh, World War II, when it gradually replaced by the word value. What happened after World War II is we moved into a market economy, we changed our language, and everything had a certain level of value. And values are good words, however, they're relative. So if I'd ask somebody, um, how much would you value your car? They might tell me 5000 and I'd say, well, I'll give you three for it. Well, it's a relative term, but you you put on something that might be a different value that I put on it. We, if we look at honesty, some people value honesty as, as, as very significant. Others, well, when, it, when it's convenient, that's when it's talked about in terms of value terms. But virtues are those habits that we practice. Last time when we talked, we talked about the development of habits through intentions, rituals, and stories that reinforce the our habits, our behavior each and every day. A virtue is to think, to choose, and to do the good every day. To think, to choose, to do the good every day. The things that we practice become a strength, and in this case, a strength of character. Also, the little acronym, practice makes perfect, so be careful what you practice. What are the things that I'm thinking each day? What are the things that I'm feeling each day? What are my behaviors towards others each day that I practice? When we are growing up, many of us, our parents will say, remember what you say, please. Now what do you say? Thank you. It was each and every time. We met. Remember what you call that person? Hello, Mr. Daly. Hello, Mrs. Daly. What do you say now? Thank you. They repeated it over and over again. That's how habits become now part of our character. Whatever we practice over a lifetime develops the character that we become. If people are unhappy at 45, good chances to be doubly unhappy at 65. We don't necessarily immediately change in any part of our lives. It's a thing that we practice each and every day. This was the wisdom of the Greeks, who were very good observers of, um, of human behavior, and they had four cardinal virtues. Cardinal comes from the Greek word cardine, which means hinge. On these practices, a, a lifetime hinges. So the first was the mind. What are the habits of the mind? Well, that's the intellect, the things that we think about. And the virtue for the mind is wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what is good. Knowing what is good. All kinds of people are clever. All kinds of people are knowledgeable, but is it good? Wise people seem to see what's good for themselves, what's good for others, what's good for the earth. They have a chance to look out a ways. Why? Because not every older person is wise, but every wise person is older because it takes a level of experience that comes with life, if you've reflected carefully, to know what is good for yourself and what is good for others what's good for our community, what's good for our nation. All these things come from understanding in terms of wisdom. 
one of the most important things we might do in our communities, how do we link our elders with our children? And where that happens, now children are around people who are wise, who know what is good for them. Second part of our personality is that which is you have mind and a body. And here's a term that the virtue that the Greeks understood is that you had to have temperance, not too much and not too little. When you ask people, when do you When's the last time you used the word temperance in a sentence? Oftentimes they'll look with you at you spellbound. Well, why? We don't use the word temperance because we don't preach it. We don't practice it. Uh, we're the only people in the world who drive around and eat in our cars. One of the things that you worry about when you're raising your children, on one end, obesity to eat too much, and then in terms of your families, you might be worried about an eating disorder um, in which a child doesn't eat enough, too much or too little. And you begin to recognize that the level in terms of temperance and in our country today, suffering from high rates of obesity, alcoholism, drug addiction, there's no level in terms of temperance of saying no to the desires of the body. It can also be applied to work. Not too much, but not too little. How do you have a level of temperance in terms of understanding this is what the body can endure? And finally, in terms of the spirit, is uh, our emotions. Virtue for the emotions is courage. The ability not to respond out of rage, but not to be prevented from acting because of timidity. Courage is taking that middle way. It's the virtue of the heart. Courage comes from the French word cour, which means to act from your heart. And that's how you can connect with other people. Now, what's really significant about all this, people talk about work-life balance, of which there is none. We spend 66% of our adult lives at work. There, there's In that way, 66% of our adult lives, that's way over half. So there's not really that level in terms of work-life balance. It's a work-life integration. And if I have an integration of my mind, body, and spirit, wisdom, temperance, and courage, then what I have is experience of integrity. Integrity, which is also known as justice. Justice is to be in the right relationship. So what happens is that justice, when we talk about the justice of the Supreme Court, is looking in terms of the right relationships between the plaintiff and the defendant and the Constitution, and keeping all those things in balance. What's good for the individual? What's good for a greater good? That's the level in terms of justice. And of course, it needs wisdom. It needs courage. It needs temperance. But what's really significant and what I would like to focus on today, justice, the twin sister of justice to be in right relationship, is reverence. Reverence. An awe-inspiring respect for the other. Reverence. I think there's so much that's rude and crude. But when there's no reverence, there can be no justice. When there's no reverence, there's nothing that's awe-inspiring. And then our lives look pretty mundane, pretty boring, pretty unusually sad. But reverence inspires us. How about a child? How about birth? How about a birthday party of a seven-year-old? How about getting a new job? How about discovering a talent that one never had? How about beautiful music? How about a sun that is incredible or the warm breeze of spring? Awe-inspiring songs of a bird, the call of the wild, the ability to create a beautiful plate of food to share it with a family around a table. 
reverence, awe-inspiring respect. My wife and I are proud grandparents of only two grandchildren at this point, always hoping for more. And our soon-to-be three-year-old got her big girl bed last weekend. Having a big girl bed means that now her mother, where she has to come and comfort her, can just lay down beside her and make her feel comfortable before she falls asleep. But that's mostly for mom as well as daughter. But little Addie got her big girl bed and on the first night said, I want to read books alone. She wanted to be in her own big girl bed and look at her own books. A step towards independence, awe-inspiring, a deep sense of reverence. Two days later, Monday morning, Addie got up by herself, picked out her own clothes, and got herself dressed. She's not three. And her mother came in and looked at her and said, Addie, you got yourself dressed. And with a big smile, she said, and I look amazing. This is what happens. We begin to see that joy in that child, three years of age, a deep sense of reverence that her mother thought. She's in a right relationship with the world. And now how does she protect her as she gets older and goes to school and middle school and high school? How many times do we not feel amazing because people have not treated us with reverence? Reverence, sitting down for a meal and being grateful for all those people who made it possible. What's really extraordinary as we talk about farm to table, we're starting to recognize that the food that appears on our table is only there because people have worked hard, diligently, thoughtfully to make sure that we have safe and affordable food. From milk to bread to wine to the sugars that produce our desserts that come from the sugar beets of North Dakota. All of a sudden, you recognize that when you have a wonderful meal in front of you, there's a sense of reverence and awe for the hands that produced it. Reverence when people go to the polls and stand in line for hours so that they might fill out their name and vote once in a nation that needs people to vote a deep sense of reverence where neighbors come together and sit at the polls and make sure that everyone is kind and patient so that the process serves us all well. Reverence when a police officer who has been given the power of the state stops a poor defenseless driver along the side of the road, particularly a young person. There's this inequity of power, but there's a deep sense of reverence and right relationship so that both are protected. How sad when one is not reverent and that relationship, instead of being protected, becomes dangerous. Reverence, when we watch a game, and when we watch lots of games in this country, and when they're well-refereed, you don't even recognize that the referee is on the, on the floor or on the field. There's a deep sense of reverence between the players when one opposing player helps another up, makes a good play, and they congratulate each other. Reverence when people are on a golf course as one player addresses their ball and we ask for quiet so that they may produce their best shot. Reverence when a soldier goes into battle. They do not desecrate the body of the enemy because the body is the most defenseless person. 
reverence at a funeral, reverence when words are spoken out of tenderness and sympathy for the people that we love, reverence in a courtroom when the judge walks in, all rise. When the judge sits down, the rest of us sit, recognizing that we cannot be one under the law unless we practice reverence, unless we have an awe-abiding respect for the work that we do each and every day, reverence for people who work with heavy machinery, reverence for a doctor taking care of a patient who is so vulnerable and alone, reverence for the scientist who begins to wonder what is it we might do to prevent cancer and to reduce pain. Reverence creates right relationships. It's something that we hunger for, and when we see it in our presence, we are struck with awe. Robert Greenleaf, the father of servant leadership, said this, All of us are called to live extraordinary lives and bring the quality of our life to the world to work. Each and every day I see extraordinary people acting with reverence, the people who have a child who's somewhere on the autism spectrum, a child who has difficulty socializing or being engaged with others, a patient very carefully making sure they have an opportunity to go to a fast food restaurant, to participate in a game, to watch a movie just like other people, even though they're not able to predict their child's behavior. Reverence for a, an adult taking care of their elderly parent who does not remember the conversation they only had five minutes previously. Reverence when a cashier stands at the register and patiently waits for somebody to count out their change. Reverence when a person that we meet when we're traveling abroad who will spend time trying to listen to us as we speak English and speak it loudly, and they smile only to recognize that they do not understand what they say, but hello, fellow human being, may I show you the way. Reverence, an awe-inspiring degree of respect that connects us to each other in meaningful ways. Reverence for the work that I do each and every day. As tedious as it may be to myself, how important it is for others. Think about it for just a moment. Tax preparers, who looks at our income, sees what taxes are owed, and carefully fills out the forms. The reverence that someone takes each and every day to make sure that prescriptions are filled with the number and dosage correct so that people remain healthy. The reverence that people take as housekeepers to make sure that the spread of disease is, is diminished because they're very careful to make sure that everything is sanitized and taken care of. The reverence that a farmer uses to deliver a calf, the reverence of a driver on slick roads carrying an inventory of a half million dollars of cars because the driver recognizes that many lives are in their hand if an accident should occur. The reverence that people have at TSA when they are very painstakingly aware that everyone needs to be kept safe and not everybody recognizes the need for safety. The reverence of a teacher who sits up late at night and reads the papers of students and makes careful corrections so that a student may learn to write clearly and to think more succinctly. 
the reverence that public officials take to make sure that we have free and fair elections, reverence the awe-inspiring respect that we practice each and every day so that we find ourselves in right relationships in our families, in our communities, and with fellow citizens. Reverence the twin sister of justice, reverence a virtue we can all practice. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.